Hey, two people are recording. Look at that, everybody. Welcome to MMA and stuff. I didn't fuck up for once. There? Yeah, okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm not oh. pleased at the moment. N- n- neither my Fuck the Bellator stuff. Sorry, everybody. You don't really know what just happened here, but uh, we did some stuff, mostly in Bellator. <clears throat> I'm going to cover that later if I walk the dog or something like that. Nobody gives a fuck. It's going to be Fedor versus uh, Bader in the finals of the heavyweight Grand Prix. That, that was the big I, story. And I can't fucking wait. I loved every minute of it. And I will talk about this later on another podcast when I get really high with the dog. There's also PFL. Uh, some guys are in the finals of their lightweight and light heavyweight Honestly, tournaments. Vinny Magalash is one of them. Look, the main highlights that came out of the Bellator and PFL talk is that I really want to touch men. And I'm uncomfortable admitting it, but just a certain boy, type of man, hairless men with big muscles, like, like, like males, like, 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 like seals with steroids and not a burned face either. So then we talked a little bit about uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's been in the news a lot the last week, last Thursday, he put up an Instagram post uh, complaining about uh, how he's being treated, how his teammate uh, Tukagov has been treated. He's been fired by the company, uh, and he says if Tukagov isn't brought back to the UFC, he's going to quit the UFC as well. Brothers stick together. Look, Khabib is uh, hes an idiot. He's good fighter, though. Great fighter, but he's just over. He's a fucking Muslim extremist. Is he? That's all he is. He is in the sense of he shows us that kind of like the sympathetic mindset where he's really mad that somebody insulted his homeland, right? And his name and his family. It's this bullshit where they prize this. They okay, whatever. These types. It's not just him. It's, it's Russians and Dagestans. All these people prizing fucking. As I was saying earlier. They prize honor over money. Money, people, you can trust money. If somebody does something for money, you know how they're going to react. People that want money are predictable. Donald Trump is still somewhat predictable. Could be one of my honor. You don't care about your honor. People that say, oh, at least I have my honor. That's just because you don't have anything else. (laughs) Like, because I think, what do you really want? You want somebody to go out there and just lose and then bow down and kiss your feet. That's what his world really is. He went out there. No one should talk shit about what he believes is important. And if he beats you up, you should be humble and lost to him. He really lives in a world where everyone should worship him. And I think that's why his wife has probably been a beaten woman every day of her life. I'm totally making shit up now. But then I'm just being... I want to say racist because it's not a fucking race. It's a religion and any asshole could just pick a religion. So fuck him for picking that one, I guess. But uh, yeah, try out Scientology or something. If you want to, if you want to oppress people, at least you're part of like 
you know, good movies and shit. One New York mogul uh, empathized with Khabib. That was 50 Cent on October 12th. Uh, Mr. Scent made a $2 million offer to Khabib to get him to join Bellator. I'm still not totally sure what 50 Cent's role is with Bellator. Um, But apparently he's got some sort of stake in the company because he's at shows all the time. I think he put up a million dollars for the winner of the welterweight. I heard heard something and I'm not, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it with my ears. So I was listening to a podcast or something. I don't know what it was. And maybe it Rogan. But somebody was saying that the deal with 50 Cent is he has – because he went bankrupt. Right. And I thought this whole thing, I'm like, where the fuck did he have money to be thrown around, right? He's bankrupt. I guess it's like one of like the companies that he owes money to for the bankruptcy. There's some sort of like gym exercise company or some shit. And they have some sort of tie-in with Bellator – and this is actually kind of like him paying off his debts for, through a bankruptcy court. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, Daddy's a real fan, man. <laughs> Could be. Uh, 50 started off the negotiations by tweeting that he disagreed with how Khabib was treated by the UFC. He wrote, I think it's wrong what the UFC is doing to Khabib. They didn't do the same thing to McGregor. I'll pay two million cash tonight if he will fight for me at Bellator. I mean, people do understand that there is a difference between before the fight and after the fight. I know it doesn't sound like people are like, "Oh, what's the difference?" Like, because one of them is literally pretending and building up money for building up interest in your fight. After the fight, you're just an asshole. Like everything Connor did could be defended as. Hey, I'm trying to make money for everybody. Don't we want to make money? Again, Khabib prizes something over money. You can't predict that kind of behavior. I don't know what the fuck Khabib's going to do. He might just feel insulted. I don't know why he feels insulted. Somebody made fun of your fucking country. Big fucking deal. There's not a reason to fly into a crowd and try to start a riot. But he did. Because Muhammad said so. I don't know. Nurmagomedov's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, told TMZ that Nurmagomedov is not going to accept a garbage offer for $2 million because his client is worth more than that. For $2 million, that won't even open a Coca-Cola bottle for Khabib, Abdelaziz said. Khabib makes a lot of money. What? If we talk about what? $50 million and up, we can talk. But $2 million, this is garbage. Open a Coca-Cola? What the fuck does that even mean? Who says that? Who talks like that? You wouldn't, I wouldn't get out of, I've heard if I wouldn't get out of bed for that kind of money. Is this some sort of like moron's idiom? I've, I wouldn't even open up a can of Coke for that kind of money. Who the fuck opens up Coke for money? That's not a thing. I've never heard of anybody getting paid to open up cans of refreshing sugar water. This is weird. Ali is a fucking moron. Also, $50 million. Are you fucking out of your mind? Also, also, that's not how contracts work. I feel like this keeps getting overlooked by all these parties involved who aren't the UFC. Khabib is like, you, just, you can break the contract. If you don't break it, I'll break it. I think he might believe that if you just physically rip up the contract, that that means it's over. I'm guessing that might be how his understanding is of things. And for all I know, that might be the law in Dagestan. 
I'm guessing there's not a real advanced legal system in Dagestan or anything. How does contract tampering work? Can you just go out and, and do that? No. Right. But, but like, like if he's but, on record making offers to fighters that are under contract to UFC, is there any legal repercussion for that? I think that uh, I really, really want to see Endeavor Media Group or whatever sue 50 Cent over contract tampering with Khabib Nurmagomedov. I just want to fucking see that that case docket and watch mm-hmm. and the look on the judge's face as, as he tries to figure out what the fuck are you talking about? You're telling me this moron made some fantasy offer that nobody in the world it wouldn't. It, real answer is it wouldn't count because nobody would consider it a genuine offer. It's just showmanship. It's just bullshit. Nobody thinks it's real. That's it. It's not a contract. It's not a real contract. Okay, fair enough. Um, Dana White told TMZ today that everything's been hammered out between uh, him and Khabib, and everything's fine. I feel like, didn't Khabib strongly disagree with that? Didn't he say something like he's not, like not going to take $15 million or yeah, some, maybe that's a lot, some fake. There's a lot of drama here. Here's the thing. Of course everything's fucking fine. What else is Khabib going to do? Uh, Khabib wants to box uh, Floyd Mayweather. Oh, yeah. Mr. It's all about honor, but not money. Then why the fuck would you box Floyd Mayweather? You're only going to do it for money. There's no honor in fighting a guy in a weird sport that you have nothing to do with. It was, in fact, it's actually somewhat dishonorable. <laughs> no, it really is. Like, Think of the arrogance to walk into somebody else's sport and say, yeah, I can do this. Like, you know, if a fucking baseball player walked into the UFC, you know, all these fighters get all fucking pissy when CM Punk wants to walk in and thinks he can do this shit, which is true. It's stupid. Well, you're trying to do his thing. You're being dishonorable. I I call fatwa upon thee. Wow. I just, I just, I don't like the Muslim thing, but it's for like intellectual reasons and it's not very funny. It all kind of comes across as racist and... I'm sure it's a lovely religion. I keep hearing it's very peaceful. <laughs> Unlike all the other ones. Um, Fucking suicide bombing Buddhist, man. They're like a troll. Floyd said he would take the fight. Sure. And he says he would make $100 million more than his last one. Well, that's not true. That's not true. You don't think Khabib versus Floyd's a bigger draw than Floyd versus Connor? Well, I will say this. The game has changed with the uh, entry of DAZN money. Maybe he would. We're going to get to that. Um, did you hear what Ronda Rousey had to say about uh, Connor and Khabib? Was it something like uh, there shouldn't be special treatment for fighters? <laughs> she did get to that, yeah. She said, uh, talking to TMZ Sports, I understand promoting fights and having to sell them. I really do. But I don't think that people have to get arrested in order to do that. I think I've been able to prove that you can make a fight exciting and make people really want to see it without crossing any legal lines. Real big fucking stance in life. You should be able to hype a fight without going to jail. Yeah, no shit. It's happened once. So let's not pretend like this is some epidemic of Connor always going to jail or the UFC has sunk to some new low. Like, it's a one-time thing so far. This isn't like he bit his ear off, I hope. Oh, my computer is so slow right now. Um, I'm actually I'm switching over to my phone. Bitch. I'm working from my phone. Um, she was asked about the UFC drawing a hard line and punishing Khabib harshly. 
Uh, Rhonda had some stern words for her former employer. I think you're going to draw the line there. You should have drawn it before that. I just feel like there has to be equal treatment all the way, all the way across the board. I don't th- think that anyone should get special treatment because they're a bigger draw. Yeah, there you go. I mean, are people really this fucking stupid? I see a lot of people in the world, and it seems like everybody is completely oblivious to how fucking dumb they sound and how hypocritical they come across. Are you serious? Miss, I don't do any press, and I want all this and that. Like, come on. And also, people always can say they should have done something earlier. Like what? What, would they, what, should, what should the UFC have done to Connor? They, they can't strip him of any title. They already did that. Did Khabib not want to fight him? Is that what Khabib wanted? Was Khabib's solution that as soon as Connor uh, insulted him, that he should not have gotten to fight him? Did Khabib not want that? What are they going to fucking do to Connor? He went to jail. He's being punished by the fucking law. What, what do you want the UFC? Are they supposed to fine him? What are they going to do? Take a million dollars away? Connor doesn't give a fuck. He's literally going to. He's literally going to be paying millions of dollars, probably in some sort of legal fees shit or something like that. The man's fucking. Some people are above the law. That's what the world is, all right? Some people are above the law. Connor's one. She went on, I would be much more strict about everything. I say you get popped for steroids once, you're banned for life. You know, but then again, I'm not the promoter of a multi-million dollar organization. It's just you have to think about, you know, from their perspective, when is it not worth it anymore? I don't want the company to be prioritizing this quarter over the next 10 years. Again, it's a one, it's Connor and Khabib. First of all, there's been a lot of fucking riots in MMA. This isn't a new thing. It happens a lot. And Rhonda's people are part of it, you know? Like, Armenians do a lot of weird shit like this. And, and what does steroids have to do with anything? And how realistic is that? One time you're done for life? Really? Like, you're really just going to sit there and be like, well, you know. Here you go, Bellator. This guy had a... It turns out it was a false positive, but fuck it, man. One and done, you're gone. This is fucking inane. It's just posturing shit. Go back to being a fake fighter, you fraud. You fat fraud. Wow. That was unnecessary. I honestly... I was just... I My brain just said, I want to do some alliteration. So I went with fat fraud. That's all. With like a PH? No, with an F. <laughs> Um, another interesting story broke in the last day or two. Um, Daniel Cormier talked about it with uh, Ariel Helwani about the, you know, the the brawl at UFC 229 with Connor and Khabib. There's apparently a fan cage side <laughs> who managed to find his way into the cage and help break up the fight. Um, here's what Cormier said on Ariel. Uh, this is the craziest story. There's a guy behind me. He's wearing this nice jacket. Uh, so he's standing behind me and he goes, who do you got in the fight? This guy's completely not into the game. Right? So I go, yeah, I'm going to go Khabib. So after the fight, when we all jump the rail, I'm like in the octagon pushing and the guy's like checking on Connor. He was like a fan (laughs) and he was just like a fan that jumped the rail when everyone else jumped the rail and got all the way to the octagon. He was like checking on Connor. I later asked my wife, Selena, what happened with that, that guy? Was he with McGregor? She goes, 
Daniel, after he went and checked to make sure Connor was okay, he just got back in his seat. I swear <laughs> to God, he just climbed the rail and got back in his seat. I was like, what in the world just happened? What in the world just happened? It was crazy. How did this dude end up in the octagon? And then he checked to make sure Connor was okay, and then he went back and sat down. I just... The guy's a hero for doing this. And like in every way, he has lived the dream. He's pulled it off. I, he's, he's an Irishman. He was there. I... He was so smooth, so cool. He he looked like he should be there. Is the key? He yeah. Looked just, he looked exactly like an agent. Apparently, his he's the chief creative officer and founder at Fantasy, which is some kind of sports like fantasy thing that is somehow involved with the UFC. He got the ticket for from um, uh, what's his name, Josh Duhamel, Duhamel, whatever his name is, that mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. Apparently, he's from the he's some sort of executive, and he was probably got a lot of money. I mean, yeah. he's cage side at the fight, but he's, even he's so, problem. he was still just a fan. He's not like a UFC official. He's also here's the thing though, he's there, and like, if I really wanted to, I bet I could do this, especially especially in that situation. You know, right where he was with all the chaos. But, like, if, if again, if you just kind of look like you're supposed to be there, people see you kind of walking around. He's right there. He's next to all the fighters. Still doesn't really – doesn't speak well of security. <laughs> I mean – well, it oh, was a, it was an unusual situation. It wasn't just like one fan jumped the cage. They literally had a brawl in the crowd and all these people rushing into the cage. I, you I imagine did, if, if, if this guy had stabbed Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Here's the thing. What's really crazy is uh, it turns out that could have happened because those Dagestani motherfuckers are really all up about their honor and shit. And so they could have just uh, got in there, and I'm sure that the, I'm, I'm sure they're stabbing people. So I could see them stabbing Connor in the gut, let him bleed out there in the octagon. That would have been a memorable end of the pay per view. Yeah, that was, it's never happened before. It would be a first. Uh, so this guy, uh, his name's David Martin. He's 41 years old. They would have finally lived up to their original billing of a man could die in here. He said, I wouldn't say adrenaline took over. I'd say patriotism took over first. I thought Russia was attacking Ireland. I thought a bunch of Russians were jumping in. And this guy, McGregor, was tired and beaten down from the fight and was being attacked by what I thought were a bunch of Russian fans. I needed to step in. I was thinking my country was calling for me right now, and I'm going in. Yeah, sure, buddy. That's it. You thought, I'm going to protect my countrymen, my fellow countrymen, from all the fucking... Dagestani Russian mobster fighters. You were the guy? Really? Come on, bitch. You just wanted to go in there. You thought it'd be fun. It was cool. Own up to it. You wanted to be uh, Bradley Cooper in The Hangover. You fucking did it. It's amazing. But don't bullshit me with this whole, like, yeah, man, I was there to... Although, I say that, but if I had been in his shoes, yeah, I'd probably be bullshitting it, too. You might as well. I mean, you already pulled off this much of the lie. You fucking walked into the middle of the fucking octagon after the main event of the biggest fight in the history of the sport, while a riot was going along around you, and you patted the biggest fighter of all time on the shoulder and said, hey, good job, you okay? Holy shit! Maybe he did do it just to protect his country. He went on, I'm disappointed how I didn't get there faster. In reality, if that guy that hit Connor in the head hit him in a different spot, like right center of the back of the head, 
could have been a fatal blow and Connor could have been dead. It happens all the time at nightclubs. Somebody gets punched <laughs> right in the back of the head and it's a fatal blow. Just because you're Connor McGregor, it doesn't mean that something like that can't happen to you. I thought Connor could be killed and those guys were going in to kill him and that's what I could not have happen. Okay, this is all great, great story, but we've seen the video, dude. You're clearly smiling and laughing and like aware that you're pulling off the scam here. However, going along with this story, it would be an amazing accomplishment if in the middle of this giant brawl, this Irishman had leaped in between Connor and a Dagestani and took a punch for him. And, s- and then he could claim that he <laughs> saved his life. Like Connor would just be like, what the fuck just happened? That would be good. Like uh, you jump in front of the bullet as like yeah. the bullets going. Yeah. Did you see that video? There's like some video like at the, uh, of the Antifa rally in Portland and this fucking like, bitch ass Antifa guy waited for the dude to turn his head and he went to throw a punch in this like proud boys his proud boys buddy grabbed the punch in midair with his I hand saw that. Yeah. and the fucking look in his face was like oh bitch I can't believe I fucking did that oh we both saw me pull up this badass move and it was so <laughs> humiliating that the guy who threw the punch just walked away yeah, and nobody did anything the guy who caught the punch he knew I don't have to hit you I don't have to escalate this. I have, I have taken your soul. Like on whatever level a soul exists, he took it in that moment. And that's kind of what this was like. Uh, Martin went on. I saw Daniel Cormier getting really upset and emotional over what happened. And he's there with his two kids and his team was under attack. The last thing I wanted was Daniel Cormier in the ring, emotional and swinging. I jumped on Daniel's back and put my arms around him and pleaded with him not to go in. (laughs) My arms were around him and he couldn't get over the rail. And I thought, Jesus Christ, this guy is going to turn around and throw me to the ground for hanging on to him. I kept saying to him, your kids are here. Your kids are here. He calmed down. And as he calmed down, I saw the guy in the red shirt jump over the rail. And I thought, oh, Jesus, Connor has nobody in there with him. Connor was about to get attacked. I put my hands on top of Daniel to leapfrog him because he's not that tall. I leaped over him and saw the door to the octagon open, and I wanted to get in there and protect my countrymen. I thought there were all Russian guys in there, and I wasn't having that. Okay, not only did he come to save Connor's life, he, he made sure, hey, Daniel, stand back. I've got this one. Also, uh, Daniel's people, his gym was not under attack. They were, in fact, the ones that started the riot. But I like that he leapfrogged over Cormier because Cormier is not very tall. <laughs> I mean, he's the <laughs> light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of the world currently. I can't. I don't even know how you could be this much of a badass. Just to do all of this, to, to have this incredible experience, like a legendary story, and then to clearly bullshit about it like this in this over-the-top humorous manner. As if to say to everybody, yeah, I know. I did something that everybody would dream of. And it's just a thing. I'm just joking about it. It gets better. By the time I got up the steps, I didn't even know to go straight or right. I just wanted to make sure Connor was protected because he had nobody. Then John Kavanaugh got there right before I did and got security around (laughs) Connor. Connor heard my voice telling him to calm down and he heard (laughs) I was from Dublin. Probably did. Probably like, what the fuck? Who is that guy? I was talking. You know what Connor said? He said, Who the fuck is that guy? I was talking to Connor and I just held on to him and pushed security away with Kavanaugh because he didn't want them on him too much. He wanted them to back off a bit. I put an arm on Connor and one on the cage and told him to calm down and breathe. 
My thing was to calm him down. The last thing I wanted was for Connor to go after everyone. I mean, he held back Cormier. He held back Connor. I mean, this guy is a fucking hero. Martin closed by saying, when one of us goes to war, we all go to war. <laughs> Jeez, I, I hope that Ireland adopts that as their new fucking national motto. Uh, all six. You know, the other thing about the Irish is Ireland's only six million people. Right. It's not really a country. Like, we have to stop giving credit to these, these tiny countries. If you're smaller than like four or five American cities, yeah, you don't count as, as a country. You're a big province. Connor was all over the place. Not even a week. big province. What am I talking about? Six million people? Fucking Ontario's got more than that. Connor managed to stay in the press a little bit too, despite the loss. He's been relatively quiet, but he was at Amigos concert. He's been doing a lot of photo ops with uh, the proper 12 Irish whiskey. Then he was also at a Dallas Cowboys game this past weekend, hanging out with Jerry Jones. Um, with Dylan Dennis in tow and Adi Attar. Uh, and apparently Connor told Jones that he wanted to do a UFC fight at Cowboys Stadium. Um, I, I can see it. I mean, I guess. Although, honestly, Connor, I, I need to see you win a fight. Mm. Like, there is something now where I'm like, okay, that's fine. I want to see a big fight. But You've got to do something. The reason the big fight works is because I think you're legit. Unless it's against Nate, then that's fine. Yeah, he did not like. He didn't look good in that Khabib fight. He just didn't. I I don't know why. If it's because it was Khabib, but he gassed early. He wasn't even throwing a lot when he could. Remember the last guy that the last guy that Connor beat in a fight fights in Japan or fucking Singapore now or something. Yeah. Eddie Alvarez, is that who we're talking about? Yeah, he signed with the one championship. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, The other person who uh, was talking a little bit about Connor this past week was Michael Chiesa. He's scheduled for a fight at welterweight against Carlos Condit in about a month. But uh, he mentioned that um, he's obviously got that lawsuit. They'd go out against Connor for the bus incident where his head got cut open and he lost his fight with Pettis at UFC 223 in Brooklyn. Uh, he was on the MMA hour with Luke Thomas and he said, I'm going to tread lightly with this. Obviously I can't say a whole lot, but it has just not been good. Even my girlfriend and my mom get messages and comments. They're not a part of this. And it's kind of a shame when my mom's a sensitive lady and I do my best to protect her and stuff. And when she tells me about some of the mean things that are getting sent her way, it's really a shame. Anybody can say whatever they want to me. This is about me. This isn't about my family. And you know, today hasn't been great. So apparently his girlfriend and mother get like uh, negative tweets and I guess whatever messages online from fans who support Connor. And they're basically calling Kiesa a pussy and a bitch for suing McGregor. I've decided that it no longer counts as harassment and it no longer counts as anything dangerous or concerning at all. And no one should give a shit if the problem goes away when your cell phone runs out of battery. That's it. It's just, it's a, it's a problem that only exists. If you click an app, you can right. literally avoid this problem for the rest of your life just by using your thumb. That's what, incredible. What do you think of Connor's fans 
hunting down Kiesa's mom and girlfriend. And it happens. It happens. There's millions of people out there, and people are drunk and they're bored on the internet. I, I, I'm sure I would do something like that. Like you go out there, because like, all all it takes is somebody just being like. I bet I could find his girlfriend, give her some shit like that. You know, uh, we all knew Connor's girlfriend is. We know Connor's mom is. Right. They kind of put themselves out there, though. I mean, they do, and they – it's social media. Just get off of it. Just turn it away. Just don't look. Don't read. Don't do it. It's really easy. Right, but should you have to because someone else is being a dick? I don't even know what you have to do. You don't have to do anything. It's right. not that person's interfering in your life. If, they're, if somebody's interfering in, like, you know, if they were, like, to be harassing, uh, I don't know, like, they were commenting all, all your private photos or whatever. I guess I look at Twitter and Facebook as different also. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure how yeah. these people are being harassed. Look, I'm not saying it's cool or anything like that. But, it, again, it's something that if you just go for a walk, you'll never know what happened. I, I understand. I, I think people need to grow up. Everybody, and stop. Also, don't harass a fighter's fucking family. Like that's why what does I was anybody? Just, what? Okay. Oh no, I'm not saying that it's. I'm saying that they should. Nobody should be gotten to in life. All right. The whole point is to never be gotten to by a troll. And these people are just trolls. That's it. Don't let them get under your skin. But also, don't be a troll because then we see a dick. I I can agree with both those points. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, uh, boxer extraordinaire. Uh, also a dick. Off... Yeah, I don't know. He's a cheater. He's a dick. He just had some tainted meat. It happens to all of us. He has signed an 11-fight, five-year, $365 million deal with DAZN. Um, and apparently a bunch of Oscar De La Hoya's fighters from Golden Boy Promotions are headed there as well. Um, this is kind of a big deal. They're calling it the biggest contract in sports history, which I guess technically it is. I don't think anybody's ever signed a $365 million deal before, but when you see, when you see Floyd making 200, 300 million a fight, but, um, not a bad deal. And it could be more depending on how many subscribers they get. It looks like Canelo's fights will be part of their the, the Zone's ten dollar package, which already has Bellator, I think Eddie Hearn's boxing promotion. Um, so it, it adds some value to that DAZN package. If you're into boxing and you like Canelo, you can see his fights for ten bucks as opposed to, you know, sixty or seventy now. Yeah, you know, I, here's the thing. That's a great. That's a lot of money because we hear about Floyd's money, but you also realize that that's only Floyd that gets that. He's such right. a he's. He's such an odd outlier when it comes to pay-per-view draws, and I don't really understand why. Well, I, I think part the part of the factor is too he owns Mayweather Promotions. It's all but his still, own. Yeah, but the, okay. he has no promoter. He is the promoter. It's like yeah, it's like anything. If you're an employee, you're not going to make as much as the guy who owns it. Yeah, and and again, you know, if Canelo, if this kind of averages out, say he's going to get about forty million dollars a fight, that's really big money. Like that's kind of what the top level of the elite of the elites getting when you take out Floyd. Well, it's you more know, than I, any, it's more than any baseball, basketball contract. And you know, it's a, it's about right though. Cause you know, a top, if, if you're at the top of your sport, if the elite $50 million a year seems to be kind of what I, I generally see guys making, like obviously you get your crazy outliers, like LeBron James or whatever. But for the most part, like, 
that's a lot of me. I'm watching Connor get punched in the back of the head. I really want to see this guy on my fucking TV now. Uh, but that's a lot of money. I don't know uh, where DeZone is uh, getting all this kind of money. It's probably like 375, but it's actually part of like 500 million or something like that. And the other 200 million goes to uh, Oscar or some shit like that. And it's all built on the backs of poor Mexicans sweating away in, in the undercurrent. Canelo's first fight will be against Rock. December 15th. Yes, against Rocky Fielding, Ooh. moving up to super middleweight at Madison Square Garden. Um, Alvarez is Gillis, the richest athlete contract in sports history, eclipsing the 13-year, $325 million agreement that Yankees slugger Giancarlo Stanton signed in 2014. Yeah, it, it kind of. I mean, again, it's, it's a boxing hype, so you know it's not real. To begin with, and also, you know, it's close enough, and it's a huge look. It's a huge deal, even if it's not the biggest. Even if it's only worth half that much money, that's a huge deal. Like, there's a lot of money here. Yeah, by by the sounds of things, HBO had the right to counter offer and decided not to. So HBO is out of boxing completely now, which is weird after yeah, like forty years of having you know a lot of the biggest fights ever on HBO. They're just out of it completely, and the zones kind of moving in and picking up the scraps. Um, I, I see it makes sense though. Cause I can see where like, if you're HBO, you used to be a television channel, but you can't be a TV channel in 10 years. And it's kind of like, everything's a little niche right now. And they got to basically become an entertainment company and sports don't fit that way. Like you don't see sports on Netflix. You don't even hear anybody talk about sports on Netflix. And if they're going to go to like being a, like a Netflix type of subscription service, which I think is what their plan is. Boxing doesn't fit into that. Plus, they hate minorities. Those are all the boxers. Yeah, there's going to be other De La Hoya fighters on the uh, zone. Jorge Linares, Ray Vargas, Joseph Diaz Jr., Diego De La Hoya, Virgil Ortiz Jr., and Ryan Garcia are some of the names uh, talked about. Oh, Ryan Garcia. I don't, I don't know any of those guys, but apparently... Mm. Uh, guys to look out for um I'm trying to see if there's anything else interesting here i guess there were other bidders as well including espn turner and showtime but they ended up going with the zone um crazy i mean see what you i don't know if the if the zone is going to work but and i also saw that i guess john skipper is behind it he's like running it i or something, and he was uh, the the last guy that ran ESPN okay. for a while before he got ousted for cocaine problems or what. I don't know what rich people get looser jobs for, something like that. Yes, but uh, I don't know. He wasn't popular at the end there in ESPN. People think they kind of like turned it and like embraced all this uh, debating culture or something. I don't know. It's more content. I'm not gonna order. I'm not gonna get the zone again because it's still Bellator. And oh, I shouldn't say that though. I like my Bellator. Oh, they've got uh, the zone is now home for boxing's two most significant superstars. They also have Anthony Joshua. Now they picked up Eddie Hearns matchroom boxing for an eight year, $1 billion deal. Um, so they've spent like one and a half billion dollars in the last six months. Man, these people got a lot of money. I don't know where it's coming from though. I haven't been able to figure that out and I haven't really read up that tax, much. tax cuts, man. It's gotta be the tax cuts. <laughs> And you know what? It it really might be the tax cuts. Uh, like this genuinely, could, this could be what it looks like when 
billions of dollars in equity comes into a, a company through tax, through corporate tax cuts, and they have to invest it somewhere. And so uh, what I'm saying is that Donald Trump is giving Mexicans jobs. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, one way to spin it. Damn right. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Eddie Alver. This dude is, I did not see this guy on my TV. I'm a little disappointed. Are you watching the actual fight now? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they zoomed out pretty quick there. When I, I was know, watching, I'm like, they're intentionally not showing this shit. Cowards. Yeah. If that dead guy was still alive, he might have shown it. That producer who died. Oh, I was going to say, I'm trying to figure out, like, which dead I, guy? I, I can't Kimbo? remember. <laughs> if Kimbo was in the booth, he wouldn't have pulled away for that wide-angle shot. Because I genuinely thought you no, were there's Kimbo. A, not Craig Pelligian. Yeah, somebody I, like that. Um, uh, um, yeah, I know the name because yeah, you'd see it all the time. You'd always hear Goldie sign mm. off of it. And it's, it's, our executive producer is Lawrence Fertitta. Our director is who cares? I mean, the guy's family does. Eddie Alvarez is officially signed with One Championship Wrestling. His family probably cares about that. The promotion CEO Chatri Sityadong confirmed the original report from MMA Brazil with a video of Alvarez inking his name onto his new contract. Uh, He wrote on Twitter, please join me in welcoming Eddie Alvarez to one championship. I am super excited for our fans to witness Eddie's high octane explosive dynamite KO style. Stay tuned for more big news. I like the high octane explosive dynamite style. Like you got all the adjectives there, pal. You just really flipped through thesaurus.com and pulled out all the uh, things are go boom. <laughs> Alvarez said in the video, the moment of truth has arrived. I know you've heard the rumors. They're true. We got our contract from one championship and we're all signed up. This couldn't have went any smoother. It didn't take too long. Everyone is happy and I'm super excited. The underground king is coming to one. I bet he's happy that this time when he went from one company to another, it went smoothly. <laughs> Yeah, the Bellator uh, issue dragged on there for a couple of years before he got into UFC. Yeah, I also like the rumors are true. Eddie, I assure you, there were no fucking rumors. No one gave a shit. Uh, I don't know how much he's getting paid, but I'm guessing they coughed up good money to get him. Um, I think Al- Alvarez's last fight was, was it Gaethje, Poirier. Either way, he had a couple good fights at the end there, was still competitive with the best guys in the division. He's 34 now. He's probably not going to get back into a title shot with, you know, Ferguson and Khabib and Connor. He's out of that. Um, he's going to try and Ryan Bader. Yeah, thing. but at 34 and the wars he's been in, to me, it's a good move. He's going to fight Scrubs over there, probably like uh, Ben Askren. No. <laughs> Not be... like he's going to fight Ben Askren, but he's going to oh, do okay, what okay. Ben Askren did and go over there and get paid and fight lesser guys. And I think Askren got hit like a handful of times in his whole career over there. He also hit people a handful of times. So, <laughs> To me, it's a smart move for Alvarez. I, I, I don't have a problem with this. He fought the best guys in the UFC and did fairly well and fought the best guys in Bellator and did well. And it's like, you know what? Get paid and... Don't kill yourself the next couple of years at the end of your career. Fucking Ben Askren just blanketed people. Like he was just like he was like a, a blanket with smallpox and giving it out. How to do you Indians. think he would do against Khabib? 
Yeah. Askren? Because uh, people have been talking about that fight, like who would win that fight, like a dream match. Like is Khabib I would, taking I would Askren go, down? I would go with Khabib in the end because he's a real fighter. Okay. Like at the end of the day, Askren is still basically just yeah. a wrestler. And he's not, his grappling is okay. I mean, he's a good grappler, but not great. And he can't punch at all. And Khabib can wrestle. And yes, Askren's an amazing, amazing wrestler. But he's not Alexander Karelin either. He's been in there with guys who he's been able, been able to take down a lot, but he's never really faced elite competition in MMA. So if he got in there with a real killer like Khabib, yeah, I think that it would be uh, – actually, no, I was going to say uh, Ben would win because America always wins, but it would be a tough fight for him. Remember when – I forget. Was he fighting Koreshkov in Bellator and he – just riding him the whole fight, and he was chanting USA at the end and acting like he had a lasso. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's uh, Askren's a weird dude, man. Like, he's another one of those guys where it kind of becomes clear that he's gonna have a good life because he doesn't get caught up in the bullshit. Right. Like, there's something to be said for a guy that won't sell out and he's happy just being like, you know what, no man, I got my wrestling school, so if I just teach wrestling for the rest of my life. I'll be okay. It's like, all right, man, I, I got to respect it. It's good for you. You're going to always be happy. You're going to be living in uh, Iowa, but be happy. Playing uh, disc golf. Yeah. We have a USADA story again this week. I uh, haven't had many of those recently. British UFC middleweight Brad Scott has received a two-year suspension by USADA after failing his UFC Liverpool drug test back in May. According to a USADA press release, Scott tested positive for... Cocaine metabolites. I mean, I understand probably I, I every, everything is different. Everything is unique. Every situation is its own special snowflake. Still doesn't look good when just like John Jones, <laughs> we're going to give you 15 months for your second failure. Hey, dude, you did cocaine two years. Also, the last time John Jones got caught with cocaine, we didn't even care. You two years. I know it's in competition, but seriously, if you get caught with cocaine in competition, and it's like a first time offense like this in particular, the dude should be getting drug rehab. He shouldn't be getting, I mean, get some sort of suspension, but he, he needs help. USADA conducted a thorough investigation into Scott's case and determined Scott had not provided verifiable evidence regarding the circumstances that led to his positive test. Scott's two year period of ineligibility. The standard section for a first offense involving a non-specified substance began on July 3rd, 2018, the date his provisional suspension was imposed. So he could be back in the summer of 2020. I mean, it is crazy that he got more time for cocaine than John Jones did for his second steroid failure. Yes. But it goes to show that all you got to do is just fucking deny, 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 deny. I, I look at it. I, I look at it more like if you've got the money to hire a good legal team that's going to go through arbitration and go through that nightmare, um, you end up doing okay. It's the guys who can't fight it and made, you know, they lost their fight and their minimum's twelve grand and they've got no money to fight this shit. Um, it seems like everybody who goes through arbitration ends up doing pretty well. 
Also, don't do cocaine 24 hours before you have a cage fight where you know they're going to test you specifically for cocaine. Understood. I feel like if it went through arbitration, though, or something, you could say, oh, it was left over my system. Like, they'd have some bullshit. It stays in the muscles longer than whatever, you know? It does. I will say, it looks pretty pretty weird that uh, John Jones gets a reduced suspension for agreeing to turn state's evidence and like two weeks later a guy gets busted for cocaine we have the first like mma ufc usada cocaine failure in forever right after johnson like if there's one guy that john can rat out it's his fellow coke well it's a bit this guy's from england it'd be amazing if jones was so into coke that he knew which ufc fighters were using it across the atlantic ocean he might be he's probably gone over in england for some sort of like you know press thing Yeah, and then he's over there. He's like, can be around fighters. Like, hey, man, where can I, uh, can I get an eight ball over here? And the, this guy's like, hey, I, I, John, hey, John, I don't want to do an accent. John, I gotcha. And uh, John's like, great, man. He writes it down in his little book, people to rat out later when I need to. It's like a reverse enemies list. It's his sacrificial lambs list. Uh, can you tell me what happened 20 years ago today? October of 1998, something with... 98. Uh, it was a first uh, in UFC history. Oh, UFC, okay. Um, a first? Yep. 98, Frank Shamrock could be there-ish. Or 98, that's, that's too late for the first ever... Um, they would have had the super first ever first ever UFC heavyweight title fight. First ever show in Brazil. That's close. Not really. But. In the main event, Frank Shamrock defeated John Lober. Fuck me. I was close after all. Damn, I'm good. Uh, we had the first ever lightweight champion. Uh, I think lightweight. Mid- I'm sorry, welterweight champion when uh, Pat Militech defeated Pat- Mikey Burnett. Yeah, and uh, of course, one other very famous fight. Which one? Vanderlei Silva and Vitor Belfort. Yes, that was on this card as well. Vanderlei's UFC debut. Belfort. Bo- Pedro, Pe- Pedro his own Tank Abbott also, yes. I believe. That's an awesome fight where Tank just gets beat up. He loses like you'd expect Tank Abbott to lose. It was a tired it was a deb- clutching his knee. It was the debut for Hizzo, too. Uh, Man, Pedro was awesome to watch. I love Pedro Hizzo. Good, I miss good him. Kicks. Yeah. Did he ever fight Harry Tonoff? I think he did fight Harry Tonoff and get the shit knocked out of him. I think Harry Tonoff outboxed him. It was like really impressive. Maybe I'm thinking of Ninja. I'm thinking of Ninja, because he was also kind of fat looking like uh, uh, Pedro. He, he did lose to Haritanov by TKO, soccer kick and punches. Nice. That was 05. Well, yeah, time defeats all men. Can you tell me the last time Pedro Hizzo fought? Oh, I hope not. It hasn't been recent, because he's big and fat now. Uh, wait, no, I say that, but your laughter tells me that it was like last November. No, 2015. Uh, okay, that's still way too recent. <laughs> he won. He won by TKO, leg kicks. Go figure. Oh, who did he beat? Andrew Flores Smith without a Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, hmm. lost to Fedor in 2012. 
I remember that. I remember that was after uh, Fyodor got uh, dropped from Strike Force and all that. It was part of like his sad retirement. Like I'm still relevant. Look at me beat up uh, Jeff Monson. Remember when he lost to Fabio Maldonado? Basically, yeah, that was also part of that streak. There, he did like a reverse Ryan Bader. He went on like the loser circuit and ruined his stock. I remember watching that fight. It was like I don't know if it was M1 or whatever it was, but you like you can find it online. I'm like, holy shit. This shitty light heavyweight, like who got cut from the UFC, was really middle. Was whooping, whooping Fedor. Uh, it was so bad. Now it's like Fedor's back. He beat Chael Sonnen. I like Maldonado. I like to see him fight Pedro Hizo. There was some. Didn't he fight? Did he fight Stipe on short notice? He might have. He fought yeah. someone he shouldn't have. Yeah, I think it was Stipe. I think it was Stipe. And he went up there and uh, he just got wrecked. Yeah, it was bad. It was like a short notice fight. Somebody fell out or something. Yeah. Just because uh, Maldonado. That's, when they talk about real fighters, man, that's what he is. <laughs> this weekend, Saturday night, I believe we've got PFL 10. Uh, tickets are still available. Really? <laughs> Uh, it's awesome though. I'm on their site and I can't figure out where the show is. There's a link to buy tickets, but it doesn't show where the show is. Uh, <laughs> so maybe, maybe you have to buy the tickets and then they tell you, uh, Washington, DC, our nation's capital. It always feels weird to me when there's things like this in Washington, DC. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's Washington, D.C. It feels like there shouldn't be cage fights there. Should there be cage fights anywhere, really? Probably not, but I also don't think there should be like sports in Washington, D.C. It should be only government stuff. That's it. Just like museums and like libraries and monuments. Have you been, That's all it should be. Have you been to D.C.? No, I have not. Really? No, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, me too. You should talk to somebody about it. Eh, it feels like a lot of effort for me to go there just to say I went. Uh, no, but there's cool shit to see. It's like historical. I know, but I need an excuse to go to things. Actually, I guess that would be the excuse. Go see PFL and go see the Vietnam Wall or something. Yeah, I always think I need to justify going places. But I guess it would make I guess I don't think of it as like a vacation. I haven't had a vacation like that. Although I do just take time off. It's just something to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even even if you went to New York or something, you could take a train down there. I think it's only like four hours or something, five hours maybe. The whole East Coast is so goddamn congested. That's not also why would I stay (laughs) at all? Why would I? Why would I stay in New York instead of DC? Wouldn't DC be a lot cheaper? I'm saying sometimes you go. You've been to New York City a bunch. Yeah. I'm saying if you were going to New York for some reason, you could hit up DC on that same trip is what I'm trying to explain to you. Yeah, there's just that's just way too much for me. Like I would just get nervous. I'd be like I made it just head, like, in my head brain, south from New York and have the ocean on your left. You'll be fine. I know, but my brain thinks of it as like I travel from Chicago to a big city, then I come back to Chicago. Right. If I go from Chicago to a big city and then to another big city, Suddenly, something's changed in my world, and I'm lost. That feels like I need to be washing clothes or have a change of clothes. Something like, like I guess I should probably always have a change of clothes when I go on vacation. But like, I have to wash clothes. I have to, like, figure out 
another city's transportation okay. to another. Oh, that's uh, that's something that's way too. Okay, much. all right, forget it. Never go to Washington D.C. It's actually a really Not cool right. city. Uh, so PFL number ten in Washington D.C. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. All right, so we've got a middle playoffs. We've got middleweight and welterweight quarterfinals. The middleweight quarterfinals are the following: number one seed. Abus Magomedov versus number eight <sighs> seed Gassin Umolatov. Have- Vince McMahon was a genius. Just give people new names. In another middle late quarterfinal, we have the fourth seed Bruno Santos versus the fifth seed Sadabu Sai. When your name sounds like you're a sodomite, come on. In another middleweight quarterfinal, we have John Doomsday Howard versus Eddie huh. Gordon. I've heard of Eddie Truck Gordon, one of the dumbest uh, nicknames. I think uh, I, I think this might be the same dude. Yeah, it's uh, look at the depth of talent there in PFL. And in the last middleweight quarterfinal, we have number two seed Lewis Taylor versus number seven Rex Harris. I. Uh... <laughs> I have trained with and uh, tapped Lewis Taylor way back in the day. Way, way back in the day. Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't do it anymore, but I like to tell myself that if I had stuck with it. Why Why did you not stick with it? Oh, just training in general. I just, I have my own reasons for that. But also, like, <laughs> I didn't really train down to that gym very much. Like, That's what I'm that asking. Real... Why did you stop? Oh, just injuries and mentally I want to take myself away from embracing like this kind of pursuit of violence all the time. I don't think it's healthy for me. So I'm trying to like uh recenter myself. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. All right. Do you want to hear about the welterweight fights? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> the number one seed is Ray Cooper. He's gonna be fighting the eighth seed, Jake Shields. Wait, Ray Cooper? Correct. He's still fighting? Yes. Is this the same Ray Cooper's been around forever? Uh, he looks part like... Black guy? He, I was going to say he had a Native American look to me. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Is this the one whose dad was the fighter? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of this father. Let me find out. There's, there's so many father-son fighting combinations these days. Yeah, I think it's Ray Cooper the third. Give your kid a new name, asshole. God damn, we don't need a third Ray Cooper in the world. I think he's Two the one enough. that beat he already beat Shields. Remember? There, oh, did he have, remember he avenged, he, the, he avenged the dad's loss or something? I feel like this happened a lot, but I don't know. It's so weird because I just clicked on Ray Cooper Jr. Yeah. So Ray Cooper Jr. lost to Jake Shields back in 2004. His son, Ray Cooper III, is undefeated in this PFL tournament and already beat Jake Shields in the opener. Now he's got to fight Shields again as the number one seed against Shields being the number eight seed. I hope that uh, the original grandpappy Ray Cooper goes out there and uh, fucks Shields' mom. (laughs) Beats up Shields' dad. Yeah, that really throw him for a loop. Uh, in the other welterweight quarterfinal, we've got Rick Horror Story versus Henderson Fajera. Yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> you're going to like this one. Welterweight quarterfinal, Magomed Magomed Karimov versus Pavlo Kush. They're just trolling us now. We've also got Bohan Velikovic versus Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Is this like a show where they only were allowed to use so many names, so guys just had a repeat name? We have a, 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 a Ray Cooper the third, Magomed, 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 and then Nurmagomedov. Come on. It's like the marquee. They, they, the PFL is so poor, they, they had to reuse old marquees and do like a cut and paste with them. Is jujitsu like violence, or I thought that was like a, a sweet science? In my brain, it kind of it it led to aggression in a way that I don't I don't know. It's just too much of the competition, and like I'm trying to become more of a hippie. Okay, interesting. You seem to rebel against that still, though. I know, but I'm kind of George St. Pierre like. Like I knew it was kind of like a like. I would get kind of obsessive with it. Okay. And I would focus a lot on it. Okay. And probably wasn't that healthy. I probably used it as a distraction. Okay. And allowed myself to fall into uh, bad habits in life. I think it's time for some stuff on MMA and stuff here on halfguarded.com. Um, we should probably talk about Saudi Arabia. Seems like a fucked up place, right? Lately. <laughs> Just recently. Just recently. So basically, this journalist went to like the Turkish, he was in Turkey, went to the Saudi embassy to get some marriage documents squared away. And the Saudis apparently were waiting there for him and dismembered his body and killed him. And there's audio recording of this shit, I guess. He's not a journalist. What is he? Okay. He's a. He's a Saudi national. He's from Saudi. He's a Saudi. He's not an American. Right. He's a Saudi. But he's a permanent who, resident of the United States or something. Yeah, but like he's come here recently. Like he hasn't been here for 20 years or anything like that. Like I think he's a dude that he's a journalist kind of in the sense of like Thomas Paine was a journalist, a pamphleteer. Like, yeah, he was, but he's also like agitating and advocating for change and like. He's not like just your, your, your typical objective reporter. Just I'm looking I'm Bob Woodward. I'm looking for the facts. Right. He's kind of a, a Bill O'Reilly or whatever. Okay. I'm not saying, and, and, he, and he may be completely right. right. He may be a real hero in all this, but I think that like, it's being kind of spun as this kind of like this innocent journalist was killed. It's kind of more like, uh, he kind of was, but again, Should I think Bill O'Reilly be killed by the United well, States government. <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot of people that have. There's a lot of people right now, millions of people not listening, who if they heard that Bill O'Reilly had been tortured and killed at one point, would have probably been like, "Eh, I can see it." <laughs> uh, like honestly, think of like everybody, and well, let's just pick a state, Oklahoma. If they heard that, just to say, Anderson Cooper was flayed alive by Donald Trump. There'd probably be a lot of people that would clap. Yeah, I'm not okay with that in either circumstance. Do you? The reason I I've seen more about this story is because of the WWE tie-in. They've got a like crown jewel event that was going to be held in Saudi Arabia, I think, in a couple weeks, and they're catching a lot of shit for still going ahead with this show. They had the greatest Royal Rumble there, I think. I don't know, six months ago or something. And they did a lot of um, 
pro-Saudi uh, talk during the show, propaganda during the show. Um, like the women weren't allowed to wrestle on the card. I think Sami Zayn wasn't allowed to wrestle on the show because he's from Syria or something, or he has Syrian roots. Um, so now they're catching even more flack for this, but they might be getting $40 million per show there. Um, do you have any thoughts? Flack away, man. Flack away. <laughs> you think um, they should cancel the show? I mean, from a PR standpoint, if they start losing sponsors and stuff, usually they end up backing down. Um but do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, as far as for just this show, I would say that it's, it's a math equation. You, just, uh, you can more or less figure this out. There's a way to calculate the risk of how many sponsors might drop out, what money you're going to make, and so on and so forth. Like, they've been through bad PR. I think all these corporations have this kind of figured out. Right. And if you've already decided that – if you've already decided to do business with Saudi Arabia – I see nothing that they've done that would make me think that they've done anything different. Like, this is who they are. Right. You knew that they were these types of people. For fuck's sake, like, 90% of people or whatever that did 9-11 came from Saudi Arabia. We all just kind of, like, looked the other way. Like, right. They start a lot of shit. They're, they're a real, real evil regime. And if you want to get money from them, so be it. But you know what you're doing. This is, And sometimes they're – guess what? It turns out that if Saudi Arabia gives you a lot of money – they're not going to think to themselves, we should behave also. Like, they give you money so that they can keep doing their crazy shit. Right. That's the whole reason they give you money. I saw something like they already gave the U.S. like $100 million to help with, like, aid in Syria or something. They got to look. They got a lot of money, and uh, this is a different type. This is, like, legitimate high-level, like, uh, Game of Thrones shit. Like, there are, like, a couple thousand people, probably Saudi Arabia, we have all of the money, and they're just going to kind of keep funneling it to America, and in exchange, America will keep them in power. And I have a feeling some of these guys don't really give a shit about the religious stuff so much as they're just doing it every once in a while because they think they have to. But this is all just old school kings and queens keeping their positions of power, and we're just taking their money for it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh... – it's not the best look for WWE, but I, like, I get it. It's like, it's a lot of money. So I, I get that argument. It's a business, whatever. But at a certain point, you got to say, you know, enough is enough and have some, some sort of standards. Um, it's weird to me to think of, like, WWE being at that point where they could say no to money. But, like, it's pro wrestling. My whole life has always been oriented around the idea that in pro wrestling, like, it's such a scumbag business that nobody would even give a shit if they took money. Right, for it. but it, you, you got to think about it this way too, with like this, this Fox deal where they're getting so oh, much TV money. Well, what if Fox could tell them, "Don't fucking go to the show; it's too much of a public." We're getting too much shit for it. Then yeah, maybe then they, they, they won't back do off. it. I, I, Except for those that Saudi money, man. I think that thing is that fucking shit is everywhere. Yeah, like those, especially if it's got some Fox connections. You know what I'm saying, Dick Cheney? Yeah. It's going to be weird when they run out of oil at some point. Oh, yeah. I think that the, if I was some of those people, I'd be looking around and thinking, well, they are, though. Like, you, they're trying to – they think that they're trying to modernize and plan for the future, but they don't understand that uh, none of that stuff is going to work if you're still crazy. Like, you're not going to become Hong Kong where you can be, like, this trading capital and all this. Like, Hong Kong works – is a trading outpost for the for the uh, the 
Far East because Britain made it like the West. Right. So it's all free and shit. You can do what you want. Nobody's going to go to a country to do business where you can't drink. Sorry, that ain't going to happen. Like if, if I have to go to a country and I'm afraid that if I drink alcohol, smoke weed, or have sex with a prostitute, that they'll just kill me. I'm sorry. I'm a businessman. What the hell is the point of doing this, this shit job of sales if I can't do these things? It'll be interesting. Um, they they haven't pulled out of the show yet. There's been some talk that they might, and they had they didn't mention Saudi Arabia at all on Raw this past week, so they're downplaying that. But I, I think internally the plans to go forward with the show unless there's some other crazy news story. I, I think that that may be the way to do it. Is just to drop it completely. Don't talk about it. Put it on your network or whatever if we're gonna do. But just do the show and never talk about it. Yeah. Because that way you fulfilled your obligation. Saudi Arabia gets their deal. If you, then again, maybe they're obligated to do rah rah propaganda. I don't know. This is what happens when you do deals with the devil, man. Sometimes it turns out that you're fucking the devil. Like you're in bed with the devil. The devil's got a devil dick, and the devil dick's hurt. They got like those weird hooks in them, so when it comes out, it just rips you in the end. Ugh, it's awful. Don't get fucked by the devil. Have you been to Detroit lately? Yes. Uh, yeah. How recently? July. Oh, maybe I was there for the the Liverpool game. I went to University of Michigan. I stayed in Detroit. It's right. This Ann Arbor is all right there. Huh. So then you, you might you're pr- probably aware of this. I would guess. Detroit police probably. on Monday launched a criminal investigation into a funeral home where state inspectors last week discovered the bodies of eleven babies, ten of which were, were fetuses hidden above a oh. false ceiling. So that's where I left them. Detroit Police Chief James Craig said some of the fetuses likely were... They didn't lose any, did they? They were likely in the attic of the Cantrell. They were all labeled. They were numbered. There's records, man. Uh, Police Chief said, we don't know how the funeral home came in possession of the fetuses. It's all speculation at this point. One challenge facing investigators, Craig said, is to determine the identity of the fetuses. Fortunately, some of the fetuses were marked with dates. That might help us with our investigative Holy efforts. Shit. Others will be a challenge, he said. Okay, so uh, I guess it's good that we live in a society where when the cops find a dozen dead babies, they, 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 they have to tell us that they still have to speculate. Like, it's not a common enough crime. They're like, ah, oh, no, it's a... The three fourteen. We got a bunch of dead babies in the freezer. It happens all the time. Because I'm sure that happens. In like, I feel like that probably happens in Malta or something. I don't know. The chief said he Bulgaria has a lot of that. He'll likely seek charges of failing to properly supervise the proper disposition of a dead human body in excess of 180 days. It's an allegation yeah. right now. Craig said the criminal statute, which is a felony. Is any time a body is held beyond 180 days, it's a felony. Under 180 days makes it a misdemeanor. Yeah, this, this happens every once in a while. There's a, I remember law school, we'd read cases about shit like this, where you'd find like a, like the cops would find a dead baby in a shoebox in a, in a closet. Like this happens way more than I would have thought. I guess you know, women would have babies and they'd be like, in denial or they go crazy and this is before they had mental health and hospitals and whatever and uh they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to charge people with crimes because it was like certain things are so beyond our imagination we're like what's the crime here like 
you can't prove that she killed the kid. All they say is, hey, it was a stillbirth and I did not bury it. Like, what is a crime? And the crime is always like mishandling a dead body. Like, you didn't bury a body properly or some. It's kind of gruesome. Ugh. State authorities received an anonymous letter in the mail Friday that there were 11 infants' bodies hidden in the funeral home. The facility had been shut down in April after state investigators found deplorable conditions, including decomposed bodies covered in mold. Craig said state inspectors found 21 bodies during their April visit to the facility. Wow. Yeah, it turns out it was the, the note was written in crayon by the one kid that was trying to get away, so he didn't have to become number 22. That's an advanced fetus. Life begins at conception, man. <laughs> and intelligence begins in the third week. I don't know. Uh Craig said the officers who aided in the search had been offered counseling by the Detroit Police Peer Support Group, which allows officers a chance to meet with fellow cops to discuss the stresses they deal with on and off the job. What those officers saw was uh, horrific, so I had peer support reach out to them. I have heard a lot over the years about these mutual aid societies, 12 Steps, AA, all that stuff. Like, Dr. Drew says that they're great, and that's good enough for me. Uh but and I understand that the the shared experience, right? You know, you could talk to somebody and they go, "Oh, really? Like, you also blew a dog for some whiskey? Great! Like, we, I, okay. How do you like sit down at this board group? Guys, like, yeah, man. Like, I've been to the house a third time this week. He, he the the husband, I know he's hitting the wife, but she won't say anything. Like, you know, it would drain on you. Hey, Bob, what do you got? I found two dozen two dozen dead fucking babies in a fucking closet the other day and the whole room just stops the record screeches everybody's like oh okay you win this one like even the people in AA are like do you need a drink Jesus it sounds like the beginning of like a really awful joke like what do you call two dozen dead babies in a closet I don't know Michael Jordan a Michael Jackson orgy uh. former funeral home owner Raymond <laughs> Cantrell the second uh, and the funeral home have been beset with problems in recent years, including tax issues and multiple lawsuits filed against it. Earlier this year, the facility was foreclosed for $82,000 in back taxes. It was sold last month at auction for $85,000. Uh, three sisters in June filed a lawsuit against the funeral home after their mother's remains were found at the facility following the April state inspection. Wait, hold on. Okay, okay. This is that was bef- before the dead babies. Yeah, this is when they okay. went in April and found gotcha. uh, the other twenty-one bodies with mold all over them. I mean, Tamika Shandonique and Tanisha Jordan said in the suit filed in Wayne Circuit Court that their mother, Marsha Jordan, died in March of 2018 at age 62. They hired Cantrell Funeral Home to handle their arrangements, including removal of body printing of obituaries, embalming, family hour casket, cemetery, transportation, and burial, as well as other things. The sisters paid seven grand for the services. On March 19th, the sisters ordered a casket, but nine days later, the, viewing, the day of the viewing, the funeral home informed the Georgians that they did not have the casket. Adding the sisters Oops. had to choose another casket without seeing it. The lawsuit also said the funeral home misspelled their mother's name in the obituary. Well, I guess all I can really say is a uh, caveat, I'm, t- I'm poor, you know? Buyer beware. Sometimes if you buy something at auction, you don't know what you're going to get. 
Could have been a player piano in there. See, I picture could have been two, I, could have been two I, dozen dead babies. I picture somebody in a little office, like, "Hey, Bob, how do you spell her name?" He's like, "I don't know. I'm too busy hiding the babies in the attic. <laughs> I got my hands full up here. Figure it out. Just sound it out." No, she's German. It's gonna be a wide. I don't know. Trust, not trust me on it. I know my. I know my like what what yeah I know it smells. What do you want me to do? The you put them there. Further alleges the funeral home had held a fake burial. Defendants held a service at the cemetery but did not bury Marsha Jordan. The suit said. Defendants conducted a procession to the cemetery with a hearse. Defendants brought the late Marsha Jordan in a hearse to the cemetery. Defendants conducted a service at the cemetery chapel. All that was left for defendants to place Marsha Jordan in her final resting place, the suit said. Defendants did not bury Miss Marsha Jordan. Defendants instead brought Mrs. Jordan's body back to Cantrell Funeral Home and placed her body in a garage. That's just lazy. Like, you've already dug the hole. It's right there. I presume they already dug the hole. Or you got, a, like, a, a machine that does it. You just got to hit a button, like... Although I do admit I can acknowledge being lazy. Like we've all done a half ass job at work. A month later on April twenty fifth, the state shut down the funeral home after finding deplorable conditions. The next day the Jordan sisters received a call from the state informing them that their mother's body was found in a garage at the funeral home. They are seeking twenty five thousand dollars in damages, which seems low to me. Yeah, that's low. Although in reality what really happened? Um, like they, they, they were told they were burying their mother and she oh, wasn't in the casket stuff. and she was yeah. left rotting in her garage for a month. And yeah, they, nobody misspelled, got they misspelled her name on the old bit. Here's the um, thing, it's 25 grand for hurt feelings. That's not, like, it really is. Like at the end of the day, it, it, it's hurt feelings. What if it's your mom? I, I would have very hurt feelings. I would want a lot of money. Right. I don't know how much I would get though, but you, there's people that get like, would you try to get more money than twenty five grand? You, you and tried. Brian, do yeah, you guys trying. want to split split more than twelve twelve thousand five hundred bucks? I'm not going to split it. It's my it's my emotional turmoil. He he's got a wife. Uh, that can be emotional turmoil. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and uh, that's the story of uh, twenty dead fetuses in an attic. Uh, moving along. Did you got a title for the show? Did you hear about the woman with the emotional support scroll? She got an airplane or something, didn't she? Police at a Florida airport removed a passenger who refused to get off a Cleveland-bound flight after she was found carrying an emotional support squirrel. Passengers had already boarded Frontier Airlines flight 1612 at Orlando International Airport on Tuesday. And they were told there was a situation and everyone needed to get off the plane. Everyone was a little panicked. You expect the worst when they say something like that, 24-year-old Ashland, Ohio resident said. A lot of people were asking questions. People wanted to know what was going on. As he exited, she had other information. All she said was, there's a squirrel. That's, that's a, the kind of thing that just going to invite more questions. Like, like, hey, what's going on? There's a squirrel. That's not an answer. Like, I'm on an airplane. There's a squirrel. Should never be the answer to any question ever asked on an airplane. 
Frontier says the passenger noted in her reservation that she was bringing an emotional support animal with her on the flight, but she did not indicate it was a squirrel. Rodents, including squirrels, are not one of the emotional support animals allowed on Frontier flights, according to its website. They're not a pet! The airline says police were called when the passenger refused to leave the plane with the squirrel. It's a wild animal that carries disease. It should be on an airplane. What, what kind of psycho brings a fucking squirrel to the airport? How do you get the squirrel to the airplane? There's like 13 layers of security they have to, you have to go through. And you would think that one of them would have noticed the squirrel. Nobody said the person that checks your ticket didn't notice a squirrel. The sky captain notice a squirrel. The person who looked at the X-ray machine didn't notice the squirrel in there. I wonder where she kept the squirrel. Was it on her body, you think, or in a bag? Either way, it's a squirrel, and it's going to be noticed. You can't hide it. It's a. They're squirrel. pretty small. You can put a squirrel in your coat, I bet. And then when they do the, you have to take your jackets off when you go in the, go through the scanner. Or did they just yep. do the metal detector thing? No, you got you, you go in there, you put your hands up, the thing waves around you, and all this stuff. Uh, it's a pretty neat deal. You can get naked pictures of yourself. Again, the naked picture is going to show up the giant squirrel in your pants. Also, if you're sitting <laughs> if you're sitting there in the airport, is that a squirrel in your pants? Or are you happy to see me? Exactly. Is that a bushy tail, or you just need to shave? Ooh. And then, I mean, if you're going to the Orange Julius there or whatever, you're gonna the squirrel is going to make some noise. It's a squirrel. It made enough noise that by the time you got to the airplane, not only that, she got through security, went to the Orange Julius, got herself a shake or whatever, they serve her Orange Julius hot dog, then sat in the freaking waiting area for a while, sat and stood in the lines, waited for her, her number to be called, probably in check-in area two or three or something like that, walked through, put her bags above the overhead compartment, sat down in her seat, more people got on the plane, and then they discovered the squirrel. Apparently, something finally happened, and the squirrel was like, "I've had enough. Like this, this, this has gone way too far. Somebody should have caught. I'm a squirrel, and I'm not going to a fucking airplane. Like I am not emotionally supporting her at all. Also, your emotional support animal should never freak out. That's the entire point of an emotional support animal. I think." He probably got wind of the free peanuts on the flight and freaked out and started to want to, you know, start harvesting the nuts for um, hibernation in a few weeks. I'm surprised that her emotional support squirrel wasn't better trained. Man run over by lawnmower while trying to kill son with chainsaw is the headline from Bristol, Tennessee. A man who police say was run over with a lawnmower while trying to kill his son with a chainsaw is said to have his leg amputated. Ooh. That's kind of a, that's a, that's a hell of a game of chicken, man. I mean, that's really, that's, oh. that looks like something out of a horror movie. He's carrying the chainsaw above his head. He's just walking towards the kid. The kid's on a riding lawnmower, I imagine, like a John Deere green thing or whatever. And they're both sitting there looking at it going, there's no way he's going to keep going. I've got a chainsaw. The other guy's going, there's no way he's going to keep going. I'm on a lawnmower. And well, lawnmower beats chainsaw. It's a new version of rock, paper, scissors, only for hillbillies. The Bristol Herald Courier reports that a warrant for 76-year-old Douglas Ferguson couldn't be served until Tuesday because of the severity of his injuries. 
According to Sullivan County Sheriff's Office release, officers called to a home June 28th found Ferguson bleeding from his leg and head. A preliminary investigation indicated he had tried to attack his son with a running chainsaw while his son mowed the yard. Detectives say the father and son had an ongoing feud. Oh, really? Ferguson is no charged shit. with attempted second-degree murder and violating probation. Oh, he's on it's probation, unclear, huh? <laughs> it's unclear whether he has a lawyer to comment on his behalf. I know uh, a lawyer. I, I, I'm guessing that uh, eventually it will be revealed that alcohol was involved in this. Or meth. That's it. The guy's the old... 76. So alcohol. Probably. He's yeah. probably a little past the meth phase. Probably. Yeah, most meth heads, uh, by the time they hit 76, have been dead for about 50 years. Can you... Even, like, okay... Your father's 76. That's yeah. pretty fucking old, right? I'm impressed he can get the chainsaw running. Right. He got the chainsaw running. Why not just, like, leave and be like, oh, my fucking dad's crazy. I'm going to get out of here. Instead, you run him over with your lawnmower and chop his fucking leg off. It's just possible he could have been cornered or something. On a lawnmower? Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't a riding lawnmower. Or... So he, he ran the push mower over him? Well, maybe... It's even better. Well, maybe he was looking around and he figured... It's fight or flight, and he's sitting going, I ain't no pussy. I ain't going to go out like a bitch. So he's going to go down, and uh turns out he's, uh, he's a better man that day. You know, sometimes sometimes in order to become a man, you've got to run your father over with a lawnmower and chop off his leg. Have you ever seen the movie Dead Alive? Uh, yes, a long time ago. It's, um, I think if it's I wanna... that horror movie with... Um... The guy who directed uh, Peter Jackson. Is it Peter Jackson? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene at the very end where he kills all those zombies with the lawnmower. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Could be. Art, art, sometimes life imitates art. We all know that. that. That movie was funny. I laughed a lot during Dead Alive. There's like a baby zombie scene where he beats the shit out of the baby zombie. That was a genre for a while. It was over-the-top zombies that in, uh, involved uh, punching babies and stuff. Back when zombies were good. Now they kind of are boring. Uh, got played out. I yeah, know. Outraged parents say Davis student shared cookies made with her grandparents' ashes. Family in Davis. Uh, Davis, I don't know what state it's in, but a family in Davis is sh- shocked and upset. Thanks, I guess. Is that right? Maybe. Oh, I think it's California. This is Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. The- Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto, Fox 40. So this is in Diaz country. I just, this, this, now this story makes a lot more sense. A family in Davis is shocked and upset after their son came home and told them about a bizarre incident at Davis High School. He told them two weeks ago another Da Vinci Charter Academy high school student brought cookies to school baked with human ashes and was passing them around. This girl is going around telling everyone basically at this point that she had brought in these cookies to school with human ashes in them, a student said. Police confirmed that the boy's story was not just a wild rumor, and after investigating, they believe the story is credible. Well, yeah, you got to believe all women. I mean, she shows up saying that she's got cookies with her grandma's ashes in them. I'm not going to call her a liar. Um, it was confirmed later Tuesday that the sugar cookies allegedly contained the student's grandfather's ashes. One student baked the sugar cookies using the ashes while the other one passed them out. 
Davis police say they know of nine students who ate the cookies, some who knew what was alleged to be in them and others who did not. (laughs) That says a lot about teenagers. It's like, hey, my dead grandma's in there. I'm still going to eat it. Also, I would have totally eaten it. I want a sugar cookie now. Sugar cookies suck. I think when that, when the mood mood is right, a sugar cookie can hit it, the spot. It's a good palate cleanser. It's like cookie. when it's the only thing around. Like if you've got oatmeal raisin or chocolate chip, or I'd rather have like what fucking psycho? What psycho would eat a raisin over a sugar? I would take cookie? oatmeal raisin over sugar cookie any day. God damn! What the fuck how about, is wrong how about with you? ginger snaps? You ever have those? Maybe. You're not good at food. No, I'm really not, and I'm very aware of it too. It's a, it's an enormous limitation in my uh, intellect. The boy, <laughs> the only one. The boy's family agreed to speak to Fox Forty on the condition that their identities be hidden for fear of repercussion. It blew my mind. I was really repulsed, and I was upset that I wasn't even notified. The boy's mother said, "When the boy's parents, what the boy's parents were most upset about, however, was the way they say the school handled the incident." The student's mother says school administrators questioned her son, fearing he may have eaten one of the cookies. Her son says after being questioned, he was asked to submit a statement about what happened and sign it. After that, he told me not to tell anyone. Okay. uh, I don't really understand when when you say things like, I'm afraid of retaliation. Like, who's going to retaliate against you? You're the victim. Like, who's going to, like, hear the story and be like, you ate that girl's dead grandmother? Uh, you motherfuckers. I think it's repercussions from the school or something if they don't. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, you're, the school's going to go out there and be like, well, we stood by as uh, your child ate a dead woman, but we're going to punish him. What's up with this kid? Like... Getting the flour teenagers are fucking, and the sugar. Teenagers are crazy, man. That's pretty crazy. Teenagers are crazy. I think it's this is what happens when uh, you don't have home ec anymore. Girls don't know how to bake. They're looking for a way to bake. They have the in- they're women. They have the instinct to bake, and uh, they're gonna they just gotta act it out. You know, it happens. Yeah, it must be all these tax cuts. We can't afford home ec anymore. No, it's these progressives and their, their, their liberal agenda in the schools. You know, back in the day, people just went to school and uh, there were no rapes or anything. And nowadays, there's uh, Me Too movements and there's dead babies and, and dead grandmothers in your food. And uh, we got lucky. We almost had a woman president. Shit got out of control there for a little bit. How... um. How do you feel about Halloween? It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I I never do anything for it because I'm like a loser. But I like Halloween pretty much. I think I, I enjoy it as a genre. Like I'm not like a Halloween fan or anything. But if I say I love Halloween, that would be accurate. Like I like Halloween shit. I like I like candy. You know, I don't like Jesus, so it's a good holiday. The reason? Do you ever go to haunted houses? Uh, no, I've never actually. No, maybe I've been to one once, maybe, but not really. Well, the, again, I don't have friends. True, I, understandable. Um, this story caught my eye. A woman who stabbed her friend in the arm said she thought she was playing oh. along with a scene and given a prop knife, according to a police report. 
Tanya Greenfield, 29, told police she and friends were waiting to enter the Nashville Nightmare Haunted House with friends on October 5th when a person she believed to be one of the characters and an employee at the venue asked if her friend James Joachim was bothering her, believing she was playing along with one of the haunted house scenarios. She said she was. The person then handed Greenfield a knife and said, well, here, stab him according to her report to the Nashville Metropolitan Police. Thinking the knife was a prop and she was continuing the gag, she then plunged the knife into Joachim's left arm. So, uh, who's the enterprising psycho that's walking to Haunted House and back, here's a knife, stab him. Greenfield said when she pulled back, she realized there was blood on the knife, a hole in Joachim's shirt, and blood squirting from the victim's left arm. I'm sorry, you did that's what you noticed? You didn't hear him scream out in blood curdling pain because you stabbed him? Nashville police responded to a stabbing call and the victim was taken to Skyline Emergency Hospital. In the report, Greenfield told police that she did not intend to injure her friend. Another friend who witnessed the stabbing also believed that the knife handed to Greenfield was a prop. He told police he had heard the person who gave the knife to Greenfield said he did not realize that the knife was that sharp. Police are investigating the case. Yeah, I, I think that the psycho that handed her the knife said, go ahead and stab him. Like, this seems to be the... Uh, was, who does this? What's wrong with these this, The problem with this is that it doesn't feel evil. It feels like it's just pure stupidity. Every single person involved in this is a moron. First of all, you're grown adults in a haunted house. Secondly... I've, I've you, participated you, in that. Yeah, I, I'm again. I don't have friends. I'm just jealous. I'm lashing out. But then you got a guy who's walking around with a knife on his person, apparently at all times. A knife that he doesn't know how sharp it is, and he thinks it's funny to hand it to somebody. Go, go ahead and stab him. What do you think he's gonna do? Like, and also when you saw that the person started to stab him, didn't you go, "Hey, don't stab him"? You would think. It's a weird story. It reminds me. There's a. Uh, I... You know, like, um, you probably don't, but Goosebumps, they're like a, a kid's book. I remember the cart. I read those. As a kid, yeah. yeah, it was a little before my time, but um, they have all movies based on some of them. And there's some haunted house ones that get weird like that. Um, I usually watch them around Halloween, actually. You should. Man, I wish I had friends now. Haunted house and, and money. And a willingness to have fun. You could probably have one of those. Just might have to work a little bit. Oh, I'm not going to. I mean, the friends thing is pretty much out of the question at this point. Yeah. But the money, like, you could make some money if you really wanted to. I don't want to work. All right, then, you know, that's, it is what it is. Yeah, I want to win a billion dollars. Going along with the Halloween theme, you've heard of Salem, Massachusetts, correct? I have. It's one of of, uh, Donald Trump's favorite... uh periods of history he's a big fan of the salem witch trial yeah, can burn people uh this took place in salem mass uh the leader of a multi-state atm and vehicle burglary ring known as willy wonka or the chocolate man has pleaded guilty to 60 charges i know he thought that it was kind of cool like i got my nickname but dude your nickname was the chocolate man like from like a, the, the the five thousand foot view <laughs> You're an, you're an asshole. And if you're in prison, and I'm, I'm with the chocolate man, unless you're like the scariest motherfucker that ever lived, you're getting raped. Salem News reports that 47-year-old William Willy Wonka Rodriguez 
pleaded guilty Thursday to his role in crimes in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Connecticut that netted him more than $300,000 in property and currency. The Lawrence man was one of five people arrested in August during a police investigation dubbed Operation Golden Ticket. Rodriguez remains jailed. Oh my gosh, you assholes. Rodriguez remains jailed on. Uh, that'd be real clever. Let's go to cold Duffers and Golden Ticket. Bah, I'm going to be Dorothy. Bah. Returning Violet, Violet. Rodriguez remains jailed on $500,000 bail pending sentencing November wait, 7th. I, wait, wait. I said Dorothy. I, I, was, I got my things crossed up. Yeah, you were thinking Oops. Wizard of Oz. Whatever. Does she have a golden ticket or a golden road? Uh, whatever. It's all stupid. Authorities say the gang wore black clothing and masks, carried police scanners, two-way radios, and power tools. They often stole vehicles, which, which they used to crash into businesses so they could steal the ATMs. I mean, it's, it's good work if you can get it. And la- I found my calling. <laughs> and lastly, um, Canada has legalized recreational pot. Just one more reason for Americans to move up north, I guess. You say one more when you really mean finally a reason to move to Canada. Well, a lot of people claim they wanted to move to Canada when Trump became president. Yeah, and literally not one single person did, which says everything you need to know about Canada. Look at Donald Trump. See the insane – it's either hysteria or it's like legitimate fear of the Third Reich rising – and people would still rather live here than in Canada. I just did some research. About 2,000 more Americans than normal have moved to Canada. Expansion hockey. So you're correct. Not very many Americans have moved yeah. to Canada. I'm always right. Not really. I'm not always right. But usually, and I'm right when it comes to making fun of Canada. Although, I will say this, I would totally move to Canada if it was warmer. The weed one's always a weird one, because, I mean, I, I don't smoke pot. I don't care either way, but, like, I'm fine with it being legal, like, live and let live. But it's funny that, cause that you know, the Republicans in the United States are supposed to be, you know, more free will or whatever and less government interference and oversight won't legalize it. And I agree. It's, it, it's kind of backwards, right? It, it's it's wrong. It, it's it's a it's wrong on a liberty argument. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's a dumb position, but it's going away. Like it's just happening, and I'm pretty sure Trump will make it happen before 2020 because he absolutely is the kind of guy that would be like, yeah, yeah, I made it legal. What are you going to do now, motherfuckers? But um, you lost abortion, but you got weed. Are you happy? It'll be. Oh, I don't know. Could, Ooh, yeah, if you I know, smoke that's enough a... weed, could it cause an abortion? No, but I'm thinking if you smoke <laughs> enough weed, you won't give a shit if you're pregnant. Um, although the other argument could be, like, I, I was thinking about this a little bit today, that, you know, Democrats or whatever want more governmental control, more tax revenue, and it kind of goes along with their theme that they want government oversight. Now government will be running pot sales, basically. Well, the, the problem is, is like, I'm, I don't mean this in a totally insulting way, but there's not a necessarily like a philosophical objection from the uh, left-wing individual, Democrats to doing anything with the government. Like, philosophically, they have no objections to the government doing anything. They think it's appropriate for the government to be involved in literally every aspect of your life in some respect, which is fine. That's where they come from. They believe that 
you know, the, acting for the will of the people, the this and that, and blah blah blah. No, it's the Republicans are the morons. Uh, I think they're both moronic at times, but that's just me. But if we get high enough, we're not going to care. That's the whole point. I always read all those books. Every one of those science fiction books I read as a kid, like in the future, there was always like, and then they took your pill and it made you docile. But yeah, you know what? It's great. It wasn't that we needed a pill to keep us docile from the government. We need a pill to keep us docile from our own minds. We're, the life sucks, man. The government can give you a pill or a drug or a whatever, and suddenly you're happy. Eh, they can make money off of me. I don't care. Give me my bread and circus and I'll die happy. Will you be more Actually, likely really to visit but... Canada now? Oh, for sure. <laughs> this <is> stupid. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I honestly probably would not have visited Canada anyway now because like i don't know if i i'll do a lot of ballsy things taking drugs across into another country i don't know that feels like i get like something in my butt penalties for stuff like that so i don't know if i would do that but if i know i can just go there and just get high fuck yeah how how long would it take you also i would totally also i would totally take drugs into another country absolutely yeah that yeah that's not part of uh this law you actually that's illegal still but um, would you? How, how long would it take you to get to Canada from where you live? I don't know. It depends on where I'm going and how I'm getting. No, there. but like I feel like I get to Canada. Great lakes right there. Can't you just go across yeah, the lakes? Yeah, I could. I could fly to Canada in under two hours. Oh, is it still that I, far? Okay. I could. I can drive there in about three minutes. And when I say fly there, I mean like through the airports. Like it's like a thirty-five minute flight. Because I get to, I can drive to Detroit in three and a half hours, and Canada's like right there. Right, I, I just picture like river. Chicago, like on mm-hmm. the Great Lakes, and then right across it the is. Great it's Lakes is Canada, right? Yeah, you could. Uh, I mean, I, it's Canada; it's not that far away. I can, I could get there if I need to, if I had. Oh, to. I, I, but, now I'm now I'm looking at it more. You are kind of far away. Okay, nah, again, I can. I, I, not really when you go to Detroit, because Detroit's right across there, and that's a three and three and a half hour drive. Pretty close. Yeah, I was thinking you more go up like north of like up Wisconsin. Yeah. No, no, that that would be if I wanted to go straight north to Canada, I could probably get there, and I would say seven hours. Interesting. Maybe six, six, seven. Do you ever like do that. anything like on Lake Michigan? Do people do shit there? Uh, I don't. But, but people, do. I've I've sat on a beach once. What are the beaches like? But, um, there's lots of them. Yeah. They're all kind of like, there's, they're crowded. Like, I don't like public beaches. I never really went to them as a kid. <laughs> like growing up, like we always went to our family cabin in Minnesota. And it was a private beach. Like, you know, we, right. you knew everybody on the beach and like seeing like the, the, the masses of ugly, disgusting people. And you know, like <laughs> these are beaches that like best case scenario, they're like a day or two away from like the last time they were shut down for an E. Coli breakout. So I'm like, eh, I don't want to go in the fucking water. Yeah. Great Lakes are kind of cool, though. Oh yeah, it's really it's, they're really fucking like they're really big. I'm just looking at them; it's like they're massive. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty great. Hmm. All right, that's all I got this week. You you got anything? Absolutely not. Sorry about the beginning with Bellator there. Yeah, no, that really uh, that sucks. But eh, we still made it work, everybody, and you didn't miss anything. You got right to the news you wanted to hear, and uh, we we appreciate you listening, person. Yes. On halfguarded.com, uh, iTunes podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, 
check us out on Twitter. There's a half guarded Twitter, half guarded Instagram. We're putting out content all the time on every platform possible because we're desperate for attention. Thanks for listening. That's right. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. Get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months. Fucking Katrina's cousin Maria, the other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico, you know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on, but it don't matter. They want to shoot, it's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter, cocksucker. Stay black.